Kathy Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. My heavenly Father, let the power of my Lord be great, and grant this world repentance. Grant us repentance that we can see what you have done for us in giving us Jesus. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that she could attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. This is a women's meeting. It is based on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6, but we are not going to go there. But what I am going to begin with is with a warning label. The measure that you get offended in this message is the measure that you've got self-righteousness that has to be dealt with, that you've got to get rid of. So with that, turn with me to Psalm 44. I'm going to begin in verse 1. We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us. What work thou did in their days, in the times of old. How thou did drive out the heathen with thy hand, and planets them. How thou didst afflict the people, and cast them out. But look at verse 3. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword. Neither did their own arm save them. There weren't any tough heroes. They got no credit. The warrior got no credit. Who got the credit? But thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance because thou hast a favor unto them. Because. Why did they get the land? With houses that they didn't build. With wells that they didn't dig. With vineyards that they didn't plant. God gave them. He promised it to them and he gave it to them. But it says here, not by their own arm, but by the light of thy countenance and thy right hand. And we know who that right hand is. He sits at the right hand of God right now. His name is Jesus. Because thou hast a favor unto him. Let's go look at that. Deuteronomy 9, verse 4. Speak not thou in thine heart after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee. God is the one that drove all the peoples out of the promised land. God promised them that he would drive them out. He got rid of their enemies. We know about Jericho. We know about Ai. The five kings, how God destroyed them all with the Hebrew children. But look what he says. Speak thou not in thine heart. Don't think this in your heart. After that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Because I'm so sweet. I'm one of God's favorites. And God said, don't you think that way in your heart. For the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, but for the wickedness of those nations has the Lord thus drive them out from before thee. Did you know that God used the Jews, used the Hebrew children to judge that land? 
He told Abraham, 400 years, you're going to be in bondage. And then I'm going to give you that land. As soon as the iniquity of them is fulfilled, the Amorites, I'm going to send you in and take care of them. Do you see there is a day when you've had enough sin? There is a day where sin comes to an end, when that's enough. And God told Abraham, when they are in iniquity, enough. I'm going to send you in and you're going to destroy them. There is a day that God says with your repeated rebellion and repeated sin, that's enough. And he destroys you. Verse 5. Not for thy righteousness, nor for the uprightness of thine heart. Oh, I'm so good. God's love, and he loves me because I'm so righteous. It says, not for thy righteousness, nor for the uprightness of thine heart. Dost thou go to possess their land? But for the wickedness of those nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. And that he may perform. Now look at this. And that he may perform the word which the Lord swore unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you see that? Do you see why they got the land? It had nothing to do with them. Let's go on to the next verse. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness. And look what he says here. For thou art a stiff-necked people. Thou art a stiff-necked people. God was telling them right there what they were like. You're not getting this land because of your righteousness or how wonderful you are. He said right there, you are a stiff-necked people. Do you know when God sent them into that land, he knew they were not going to obey the law. He knew they were going to turn aside to other gods. He knew it. God knows it all. Do you know God knows from the day you're born what you're going to do till the day you go to be hopefully with him? He knows exactly. He knows exactly what you're going to do. And he told these people right here, you are not getting the land because of you, because of your righteousness, because of the way you act, because you're a stiff-necked people. He's telling it like it is. He said, you're getting it because of the wickedness of the people and because a promise, a promise that I made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you will go back to Genesis, the last chapter, the second to the last verse, Joseph is dying. He knows he's dying. And he said, I'm getting ready to die. He said, God will surely bring you into the land that he promised Abraham, Isaac, and me. He will surely take you into the land. And you know what? Even though they were a stiff-necked people, God did it anyway. God did it anyway. He took them into the land anyway. He gave those stiff-necked people houses that they didn't build anyway. He gave them vineyards they didn't plant anyway. He gave them wells that they didn't drink anyway. Why? A promise. A promise he made to Abraham. And when God makes a promise, he keeps it. He keeps it. He got them into the land. He took them in. Now, there was a day he almost didn't take them. There was a day he said to Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to wipe them all out because they're so stiff-necked. And then I'll raise up another people with you 
and then I'll take you into the land. And Moses said no. Moses stood in front of God with a prayer that I prayed at the beginning of the program. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. This is the God that opened up the Red Sea with ten plagues that he put on the Egyptians. And here Moses is begging him, let the power of your Lord be great. Why? To forgive all this people and forgive them one more time, Moses said. Do you realize it took the power of God to forgive? It took the grace, the compassion, the mercy, and the power of God to forgive. And he did. And he fulfilled his promise to Abraham, and the people went in. And we say, those wicked Jews, those wicked Jews, we knew they were that way. If I was back then, I wouldn't be that way. God bless anybody that's ever been dumb enough to say that. Turn with me to Romans 3. We're going to take a look at what we're like. There's a phrase that we hear in America, this is who we are. Well, we're going to find out this is who we are. Get the guts to read it. Romans 3, verse 9. What then? This is Paul speaking about the Jew and the Gentile. Is the Jew better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Do you realize we just got put next to the stiff-necked Jews in this verse? And we're going to read some verses that cannot be broken, that are above your feelings, that are above what you think. So we're going to take a look at them, and we're going to take a look at them honestly. And you know what we're going to do? When we're reading these verses, we're not going to look at our husband and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the way my husband is. Oh, we're not going to look and say, yeah, that's the way my family is. This is the way my sister is. This is the way my children act. Hmm, wonder whose fault that was. We're going to take a look at these verses according to us. This is who we are. This is how God sees us. What then? Are we better than they? No, in no way. For we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin as it is written. There is none righteous. None the word of God says there are none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. I love God with all my heart since the day I was born. Well, you just went against the word of God. My guess is the word of God is greater than you. This is the truth. There are none that seeketh after God. None. You know, the word of God says if you even are seeking after God, it was him that's drawing you. It had nothing to do with us. Because here it says there are none. None seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. Unprofitable. This is how God saw us. Unprofitable. Even the American. Even the American veteran. Even the politician, unprofitable, is how God saw us. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. I have never lied. You just did. The poison of asps is under their lips. 
Have you ever opened your mouth and bitter words come out? Have you ever backbit? Have you ever said something with your sharp tongue that hurt? You know, Father, with your love, open our eyes that we can see how bad you saw us. Right now, stiff neck looks not so bad. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Why do you watch those kind of movies? Why do you like to see accidents along the road? Why do you like to chase the fire trucks? Why do you watch when you have an automobile race, there's an accident? Why do you get so excited? Your feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, in the way of peace. They have not known, and the worst, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Before we knew God, we didn't even care. We wanted to do our own thing, it says right here. And we were a despicable, abominable people. You know what's amazing? In our despicable, abominable ways, God is love. He didn't love you because you deserved it. He doesn't love me because I deserved it. This is who I was. Why then would he love me? Turn with me to Ephesians 4. Inside this verse is a wonderful phrase that gives us the answer. Ephesians 4, verse 32. And be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And look at this next part. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I want you to look at that verse. I was a grammar teacher. It says, has forgiven. Has. That's a past participle, by the way. God has forgiven you for whose sake? Jesus' sake. Jesus' sake. Not you. Just the same that God let the Hebrews go into the land because of a promise he made to Abraham. He did the same for you. He forgave you. Because of what Jesus did. He forgave us because of what Jesus did. He said, even as God for Christ's sake. Why were we forgiven? Jesus' sake. Turn with me to Romans 5. Verse 6. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for who we were. Romans 3 is our nature. We are not the sweet little people your mother told you you were. If you start walking with God, you will soon find that out. He will soon see you as God sees you, and it is not pretty. It is not pretty at all. But you know what? That's why he came. It says, For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth. His love toward us exhibits his love toward us in while we were yet sinners, while we were that way, 
why we hated God, why we didn't want to walk with God, why we wanted to go on in our sin, that's when God sent Jesus, and that's when Jesus went to the cross. That's when he went to the cross. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10, for if, when we were enemies, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his love. When did Jesus die for you? When were your sins forgiven? When were they forgiven? When you were God's enemy. When you were God's enemy. I'll share a short testimony. God brought me to Water of Life Church in 1984. 1988-89, I think. I was born again. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I had God doing some miracles for me. I had the power of God working in my life. I was walking along, I thought, just fine. And God one day met me on the driveway. Let's go to Isaiah 1. And he showed me what I was like. Baptized. Was it called? Blood bought. Speaking in tongues. Verse 5, this is what God spoke to me. He said, why should you be stricken anymore? This is God speaking to me on the driveway. You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. This is God speaking to a born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost person. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Look at that again. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But wounds, wounds, and bruises, and putrefying sores, that means new sores, wet with blood. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. You know, that day I realized I was in serious trouble with God. My righteousness that I had there was my righteousness. It wasn't the righteousness of God. I thought all the things that God was doing for me was because of how religious I was, how godly I was. And God was telling me from the sole of your foot to your head is nothing but bruises and wounds and putrefying sores. And I got scared. I got real scared. In fact, I stopped eating that day. I fasted. I didn't touch any more food. I didn't know if I was going to survive. I didn't know if God was taking me out. Because I realized in a moment how bad I was and how much trouble I was in and how much righteousness I didn't have. And I had already been to Water of Life Christian Training School. Do you know for 10 days, I fasted. I didn't eat. And every moment I got, I walked the streets. I walked that we had an alley. I was out a place where they were building houses. So there wasn't any houses around me. We were one of the first houses built. And I would walk the alley back and forth praying for mercy, not knowing what God was going to do with me. 10 days, I shook and prayed. And it was amazing. After 10 days, I was back on the driveway. Our driveway went out to the alley, and, and I was back on the driveway, and God came to me. And he reminded me of these verses, and he said to me again, 
From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They had not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. You know, I knew one of my problems, one of my big problems was pride. One of my big problems was unbelief. One of my big problems was rebellion. And as I stood there and I heard God say that again, I remember thinking, this may be it. And then the voice of God spoke again. He said, and that's what Jesus looked like when he died for your pride. And he died for your rebellion. And he died for your unrighteousness. What are you going to do with that? God had to show me that was me in Romans 5. And then in his love and mercy, he showed me that's what Jesus looked like when he died for me. And he took that pride and that rebellion and that unrighteousness on his own body. When Jesus was on that cross. It was my pride that was on him. When Jesus was on that cross, it was my rebellion on him. When Jesus was on the cross, it was my unrighteousness. and Everything I had done was on him. And when he said that to me, I went to my knees and I was forgiven. I was forgiven. This is not a game. This is your life. You are going to stand alone before Jesus. He's going to be your judge. He's your judge because he walked it. And he came and he died for you. He bore all our iniquity. He bore yours. Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now, you know what? Was he or wasn't he? Did he die for your sins or didn't he? There is no middle ground. You are either going to have to accept it or refuse it. But there is no gray area here. You cannot please God with your actions. The only thing that pleases God is your faith, which he gave you, which he gave you. So either Jesus died on the cross or he didn't. Either he forgave your sins or he didn't. Either he made you prosperous or he didn't. It's your choice. It's your decision. It is all there. And you know what? He died for you at your worst. He knew what we were. He knew what we were. He knew how bad we were. That's why Jesus looked so bad on the cross. He knew how bad we were. And you know what that verse says in Ephesians? God, for Jesus' sake, forgave us. When Jesus went to the cross, when he bore our sins, our iniquities, our diseases, our poverty, our peace, our safety, when he carried that all in his own body, that was a sacrifice to God from Jesus for us. And that sacrifice that Jesus made had to be accepted for you and I to get anywhere. 
Three days Jesus waited in hell, paying for our sins, waiting for that sacrifice to be accepted. If that sacrifice was not going to be accepted, you and I will have no future. We were on our way to hell. We would have been on our way to hell. But after three days, God, for Jesus' sake, received the sacrifice, accepted it, accepted the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. And he raised Jesus and you and I from the dead. That's when your sins were forgiven. That's when you were made prosperous. That's when your family can be put together by the power of God. That's when it happened. When Jesus came out of the grave, the power of God went and got him. And all that power was released. And that body was healed. And all the sin was taken away. All prosperity and health to the human race was paid for. Do you know that your only job is to believe it? Your only job is to believe it. When you sit in that corner and feel sorry for yourself, you're not doing God or you one favor. The price has already been paid. Kick yourself in the skirt and get back to believing that gospel. When you think things are tough, you weren't in hell for three days. But the man that's in you was, kick yourself in the skirt and get right back into it. Get yourself saved. Get yourself walking in that gospel. And I'll say it again, either the gospel happened or it didn't. There is no middle ground. Well, maybe God doesn't want me to be prosperous. Then what did he pay for? Well, maybe God doesn't want me healed. Then why did he pay for it? We are so silly and so self-righteous. The man died for us when we didn't deserve it. Only thing we need to do is believe it. And the first thing you need to do is to be born again. That man that went to the cross for us, that man that had sores from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, died for us and he needs to be in your heart so he can get you into heaven it says that if your name is written in the book of life you are guaranteed a place in heaven you are guaranteed to go up when jesus comes all you have to do is make sure your name is written in the lamb's book of life and how do you make sure that you get the lamb of god in you that's jesus it is simple to do so we ask him that's all we have to do. Romans 10, 13 says, Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That man died for you. That man went to hell for you. And God raised him from the dead. He received the sacrifice for you. All we have to do is ask him, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Reveal yourself to me. Fix me. I ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
you may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.